soon. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here this morning and warm welcome to the service. We'll say something different than we said last time, but we will say really glad that David has shown up because he's leading our service this morning. And if he wasn't, then I was winging it, which would be interesting, to say the least. Hopefully, you should all have a notice sheet. On the notice sheet, it tells you that um, it is communion today. So hopefully, you're all prepared for that. Even though it's not on the order of service, it is actually communion today. Um, and it also reminds you that the service next week has had to be rearranged. I'm really sorry about that, but sadly, the governments have different ideas and the virus seems to be dictating everything at the moment. At the end of the service today, there'll be no prayer breakout room. But if you do feel you need prayer, then stay and talk to one of the elders. Or if you're in church, there are enough elders in here to talk to. So just talk to one of us and we'll pray with you. Um, and we'll try and help as much as we can. Can we just start? David as he leads us this morning. Father God, we just thank you that we can meet both in home and in church. And we know, Lord, that you are with us wherever we are. We thank you, Lord, for that. And we thank you, Lord, that you bless us with people who can lead our service. And this morning, Lord, we pray especially for Dave. We pray, Lord, that the words he gives us are your words, that your spirit fills him, and that he knows exactly what to say. We pray, Lord, for ourselves in this congregation, that we listen with an open heart and that we hear the words that you want to tell us. And Father, we pray that we are obedient in everything that we do. Bless this service and this time together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah, good morning. Morning. Um, so, uh, yes, as you, as anybody who's heard my sermons before, um, will recognize, obviously, we've got communion today, so I've had to cut it down a bit. Um, so, uh, so anyway, we're going to start with, um, some birthdays. So, led by Brian. Morning. Oh, it's gone up there. That's a bit better. This is the time when I sometimes get to play my guitar. Um, so does anybody have a birthday this last week or this coming week that uh, we can celebrate today? So I'm going to look in the church first. Everybody's looking around, by the way. Nobody? Anybody out there? Everybody's looking at the screen now for somebody to wave. No? No birthdays? David, no birthdays. He needs the exercise. <clears throat> Who needs an aerobics class? That's what I say. So we'll have a call to worship and we'll just pray. So let's pray. Lord, be with Saul this morning. Be in our hearts and our minds as we come to worship in this strange time. Lord, we pray that you will be with us and we will feel your presence and that we will 
Listen carefully to the readings and Lord, hear you speak through them. You ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to start with a um, song. Um, Unfortunately, the people in the church can't sing along yet. But I'm sure you'll make up for it in your homes. Come, now is the time to worship. Time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are Should have picked a chair closer to the lectern, I think. 
Um, so now, uh, Mike is going to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Well, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. So uh, we're going to have our two readings now. The first is from Psalm 77. And the second one, Luke 9. So I'll hand over to Katie. I cried out to to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out on tiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 62. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went on to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, 
No one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So let's uh, let's pray before we uh, we think about those words. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your scripture. We thank you for the message for today. We thank you for the readings that have been chosen. Lord, we pray that you'll be with us as we seek to understand them. In Jesus' name, Amen. wasn't it? It was supposed to be the first Sunday after the final step of Unlock. When Elaine sent through the date, I thought maybe we'll be able to sing. Maybe we'll be able to have a dry run before the big celebration next week. However, we're not quite there yet. So we'll have to wait a little while before something like normal returns. In many ways, COVID-19 has taken over our lives. Or perhaps it's been the laws and the regulations that have done that. Some are here in the building, spaced out with the doors open. Others of you are sat at home, perhaps not ready to come back to the building at the moment. We switch on the news to have a daily count of infections, vaccinations, hospitalizations, and deaths. COVID is so dominant in everything we do, even who we meet or where we travel. What has that felt like for you? There were a number of Bible passages to choose from today, but I felt drawn in these times to the reading from Luke. Jesus resolutely sets out for Jerusalem and will take until chapter 19 before he reaches it. And there's a lot of ground, both physically and spiritually, before he gets there. And immediately, he runs into a problem. The problem is the Samaritans. Now, just for some context, this is almost immediately before the story of the Good Samaritan. His followers tell him that he's not welcome and he'll need to make a detour. Do you think James and John got a bit ahead of themselves here? They wanted to, or they wanted Jesus, to send fire down. I assume that means lightning from heaven. I wonder why they asked that. They were both obviously upset that Jesus was not being welcomed. Were there any instances of Jesus calling fire from heaven? I think the closest we have probably is a withering tree. Anyway, Jesus simply goes to another village. 
So let's look at the three men who are part of this story. The first, and you can picture him in your mind, can't you? Tries to get on the right side of Jesus. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. Just let Joan come in. Welcome. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. The response, if you think about it, it's a bit odd. Would you expect Jesus to welcome him, to be impressed by his devotion? Well, that's not actually what happens. And probably not what we expect from Jesus. Indeed, instead of taking a man at face value, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus immediately shows the man that that saying is not a casual undertaking. Because Jesus has no places to go. And has even fewer places, he says, than a fox or a bird. He's challenging that man. Really? Everywhere I go? Do you know what commitment that is? Jesus sees another man. Follow me, he says. Now, Jesus has already said, this isn't an easy undertaking, but the man has a problem. His father has died very recently, and he must bury him. Now, according to Jewish tradition, the burial should take place as soon as possible, preferably within 24 hours. Now, I've never been to a Jewish funeral. But reading up on them, perhaps aren't all that dissimilar to a traditional Christian funeral. They may be less dissimilar than you might expect. But there is one crucial difference. The immediate family play a very important role. In fact, whilst many people may be sad at the result of the death The immediate family, the only ones officially designated as mourners. They also have specific roles to play. One of them is to be at the graveside to put earth on the coffin. The man knows that the funeral, which he must attend, it's his father's after all, won't take very long. Can't Jesus just... Hold on for a little while. The response from Jesus is quite harsh on the face of it. Let the dead bury their own dead. Now, we're not talking about zombies, okay? But Jesus is saying that the spiritually dead can bury the physically dead. Ouch. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God, he continues. This, his message, is all about life. So far, we've had someone who wants to follow, but is told it's going to require total commitment. Someone who has been asked to follow, but sees his Jewish ritual as more important. So, what about the third person? 
all the third person wants to say is goodbye. That's perfectly human reaction, isn't it? His family might worry that he's just disappeared. The parable of the Good Samaritan shows that these were not safe roads. What Jesus is saying here is really hard. He's already said that following him will be tough. But now, just as Jesus is resolutely setting out towards Jerusalem, then this man must do the same. He must be single-minded in following Jesus. Now you can see how this verse has been abused by sects who quote it as a justification for literally turning your back, having nothing to do with your family. But I don't think that that's what Jesus means here. He means that following Jesus should be your number one priority and that we shouldn't get distracted by other things, even important things. Have you ever driven a car whilst you reached onto the back seat to find something, you know, keys, phone, whatever? As you've heard the passenger say something like, what are you doing? You're drifting all over the road. Well, obviously I haven't. But if you did, it would be like Jesus's example, wouldn't it? With the plow. You can't plow straight if you're looking backwards. Jesus is saying that when you follow him, you can't look backwards to your former life. Otherwise, you'll go off track. So this is really a challenging reading, isn't it? It lays out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But surely, surely this is impossible in modern day world. I mean, what the reading is saying is just impossible. It's impractical, isn't it? What we've lived through over the last 12 to 15 months, a global pandemic. When you read the news, it's all about the pandemic. You go out, you're reminded of the pandemic. Social distancing, face coverings. People come to your house, the numbers are dictated by the pandemic. Where you can meet, who you can meet, when you can meet, all dictated by the pandemic. Do you remember 2019? The fun we had. You could travel anywhere with a ticket. See anyone, anytime, any place. So what would happen if we took our collective eye off the ball and looked back to 2019 and thought all those things we used to do were the most important. We started forgetting about our social distancing, travelled anywhere, held parties. Apart from being arrested, we'd surely harm this new life. We might get the virus. We might actually die. March last year was a turning point. Boris sat down, stared at the camera and told us that life would change. I think it would be a fair assumption to believe that each individual watching that night 
didn't really want to change. They were perfectly happy the way they were. But if each of us carried on that way, many would die. So I'm not going to assume that everyone listening today or or watching is even a Christian. But for those who are, and those who can point to a moment, an event, where they decided to accept Jesus into their lives, that was a turning point too. But why do those of us who become Christians make that change at that moment? Well, because we recognize that not to make that commitment denies us the fullness of life and instead holds on to that previous life. So I'm going to ask you to think and pray about whether you've made more commitment to following COVID rules than following Jesus. How many of us are like the man who wants to say goodbye? We're following Jesus, but looking in the wrong direction. How many of us are like the first man who says he'll follow Jesus everywhere, but he doesn't really appreciate what that means? How many of us are like the second man with too many other important things to do before we can commit? When most of us put on a face covering, we do it not to protect ourselves, but to protect other people. When we pray to God, we do it not for ourselves, but for other people. I want to set a challenge. Every time you you protect someone else by putting on a face covering, pray for someone as well. It perhaps will be a lasting habit we can all take from these extraordinary times. Amen. So uh, the next song wasn't my first choice. My first choice was a song called Will You Come and Follow Me? But unfortunately, there are a whole series of copyright issues. Um, so instead we have picked, I've picked The Stand, which is similar. Uh, as Tim said, I'd rather stand than be summoned, um, because the other one's called The Summons. So over to Tim for The Stand.
carried the cross for my shame. My sin weighed upon your shoulders, my soul now to stand. So why could I say? And why could I? Offer this heart, oh God, completely to you. So I walk upon salvation. Your spirit alive in me. This life to.
So now Angelo will lead us in prayers of intercession. Well, today we've been thinking of pivotal moments that have led to a new start in our lives. And we give thanks that we are finally making steps towards the new normal. We give thanks for the thousands of volunteers supporting our NHS staff with the continued rollout of the vaccination programme, saving lives and giving us hope for the future. We pray for our planet, for the chance it has had to breathe again as pollution levels drop. Help us to think about the choices that we make for the future to protect the wonderful living world that you entrusted to our care. We pray for the groups in our church that are preparing to meet face to face again. We pray for the leaders and volunteers for the work they're doing to ensure those groups can meet up safely. Looking around the world, we pray for the community in Florida devastated by the collapse of the apartment block. Several have died and more than a 100 people are still missing. We pray for their loved ones waiting anxiously for news. We pray for Northern Ireland as a new leader begins their term of office instalment. We pray for continued calm in the province as it resolves current differences with the annual Orange March season fast approaching. close to home, within our church family, and for all others, relatives and friends that are now brought to mind who need our continued prayers. We end with a prayer for blessing by Debbie McDaniel. Father, thank you for your great love and blessing over our lives. Thank you that your favour has no end but lasts for our whole lifetime. Forgive us for sometimes forgetting that you are intimately acquainted with all of our ways, that you know what concerns us, and you cover us as with a shield. We ask that we would walk in your goodness today, that your face would shine on us, that you would open the right doors for our lives and for our loved ones that you would close the wrong doors and protect us from those we need to walk away from. Establish the work of our hands and bring to fulfilment all that you have given us to do in these days. We pray that you would make our way purposeful and our footsteps firm out of your goodness and love. Give us a heart of wisdom to hear your voice and make us strong by your huge favour and grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Angela. Um, So for those of you with a copy of the um, Order of Service, you may have not noticed that in incredibly tiny white writing um, under this um, is communion. 
So um, hopefully those of you at home have got some bread and wine or wine substitute um, to take uh, to take communion with us all. Um, for those uh, in the church, um, we have these. Uh, these. So um, it's really just like a tiny yogurt pot. And I know what what success I have with tiny yogurt pots, but there we are. So so we'll 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 start by taking the top layer off. And uh, there we are. So those at home are so glad that they have their own bread. So a little little wafer there. And then underneath we have uh, and I should say that this uh, this wine keeps for six months without refrigeration, so who knows what it tastes like, but there we are. Right. Jesus was often a guest. He shared... David, you're muted. Right, we'll start again. Jesus was often a guest. He shared many meals with his friends, and they long remembered his words at the table. Though some disapproved of the company he kept, Jesus ate and drank with all kinds of people and showed everyone the love of God. Wherever people met together, Jesus was glad to be welcomed and to be fed. Today, we are guests of Jesus. He welcomes us, whoever we are, whatever we bring. And he will feed us at his table. Old or young, rich or poor, joyful or in sorrow, Jesus invites us to share bread and wine with him. To remember the story of his life and death and to celebrate his presence with us today. On the night before he died, Jesus shared a meal with 12 of his disciples in an upstairs room in Jerusalem. The gospel writer tells us what happened that night. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and all of them drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will never again drink the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it in the new kingdom of God. We are friends and disciples of Jesus today. 
he invites us to break bread together, to remember him, and to pray that God's kingdom will come. We bring this bread and this wine to the table of Jesus. With them, we bring ourselves, all that we are, all that we own. May the ordinary become holy and heaven be opened to the people of earth. So, eat this bread. It is the bread of life. Drink this wine. It is the cup of blessing. Jesus said to them, whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and said to them, whoever comes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. So um, in a socially distanced way, probably just from your chairs, um, let us greet one another with a sign of peace. Peace with you. Peace with you. You can even do a socially distanced wave for, for those... Not the royal wave. (laughs) Let us pray. Loving God, you have fed us generously at this table. As we have remembered Jesus and rejoiced that he is with us today, we are ready now to follow him and to be your people in the world. May your Holy Spirit show us the way. Make us holy and fill us with love. Amen. So one of the joys of, uh, of Zoom is you can pick hymns that, if you had to play yourself, you'd pick something else. Um, Or you'd say, is Derek there this Sunday? So we're going to have a traditional hymn now. Um, And um, so uh, it doesn't actually have somebody singing along. So you'll have to just follow the words, but you can sing at home if you wish. To God be the glory.
Well, there's some very tuneful humming in the church. So we will finish with the grace comp. <laughs> That's happened to me in the past. If you dive for the phone and you just can't get to it, Pastor, David, I know, but I know you might not like playing that song, but there were a lot of people in here who were itching to sing it. We singing it through the mask. They were humming it. And I could hear some really lovely voices. And I'm going to check whether you can sing with a mask on. <laughs> but it was incredible. And I can't wait to sing that song and many others again. I hope you've all taken yourself off um, whatever view it was and put yourself on gallery view so that you can see everybody. Because this is the interesting bit where we all say the grace to one another. Hopefully, we'll all start and finish at the same time. And that will be the first time since March last year. Is that one? Just in case you don't know them, because I don't, they all seem to change every now and then. They're not, they don't appear on the screen. If you don't know the words, make it up as you go along. (laughs) And say the grace to each other. Save the grace, grace. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.